Howdy folks, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. My name is Ed Moore, I'm the host. You have found the show in time to listen to episode 11. This is a spoiler podcast, so for those of you that have not read Bounty Hunter 2, uh, Usagi Yojimbo's story that appeared in Critters, Volume 1, Issue 14, dated July 1987 from Fantagraphics. You might want to dig that up and look at it because that's our topic for the show today. Starting out here, we see that uh, Usagi is uh, thoroughly enjoying a bowl of rice. He has a cup of tea here with him and a, and a teapot. and Sits back very satisfied, very sated. Innkeeper comes up and says, well, you know, you, you finished just in time. There's another acquaintance of yours that indicates that he will take care of the bill for you. And Usagi's taken aback. What? You know, an acquaintance of mine? Who, who possibly knows me well enough to take care of my bill? Innkeeper says, well, as a matter of fact, here, here he comes now. And you hear somebody off panel yell out, yo, Ronin. And Usagi, when he sees the person, just has this intense anger look on his face. He's, he's ready to fight. And we see none other than Genosuke enter the uh, the room. Uh, Usagi just knocking over his table, grabbing his sword, about to draw on the, on the other samurai and says, you've got a lot of nerve showing your face around me after cheating me out of my money. Innkeepers, you know, trying to keep peace, saying, you know, gentlemen, please, at the very least, let's take this outside. Jinasuke, feigning uh, humility, says, you know, what, uh, I would never do that to a friend, you know. He said, um, I gave the money that I said I would to you that you worked for. Um, of course, if we recall, yes, but he also stuck Usagi with the bill which came out to just about the same amount of money that he had given Usagi. So, in essence, Usagi, for helping Genosuke, broke even. He did not profit from the endeavor at all. Genosuke kind of tries to placate him and says, you know, please, uh, just sit down. I have another business deal for you. And, of course, business deal, Usagi is instantly suspicious. Um... Genosuke starts nibbling at what remains of Usagi's meal, asks the innkeeper for some more sake, and indicates to put it on his tab. Genosuke and Usagi start uh, discussing, you know, this current business. Seems that uh, Genosuke has been hired to try to retrieve a statue, a golden statue of the goddess Quanan that was stolen from a local temple and he knows where the brigands or, or thieves are holed up and where they have the stolen statuette and Usagi says well you know this sounds a lot like what happened last time and Jinosuke says no no you know it's 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 no no problem he says I just want you to watch my back while I go in and get the statuette and after we're done uh, we'll come up and we'll uh, divide the reward. And Usagi says, divide. Well, we'll split it 50-50. Uh, Genosuke doesn't like that. Of course, he wants more of the profits. Uh, Usagi says, well, you know, that's what I want. If if you don't want my participation, do it by yourself. And Genosuke says, well, yeah, I guess that's a pretty good deal after all. Kind of indicates for us what perhaps Genosuke 
feels that they're going to be running into, that he definitely wants uh, Usagi there with him. So they take off through the woods, taking separate paths, and uh, they they find the uh, the building the hut that they're hiding in and we see that uh, there's a clearing in front of the building and that's where the brigands are collected just lounging uh, on one side of the clearing uh, there in the forest is Jenasuki and on the other side which is our side the vantage point uh, of the illustrator is uh, Usagi so Usagi has drawn his sword and he's at the ready just watching what's transpired because of course the agreement is that Jinosuke is going to tackle these brigands, go in and get the statue and, and get out and Usagi is just there to make sure that nobody else comes into the picture uh, to, uh, to mess things up. So he's sitting there waiting and as he does he hears something in the bushes behind him and lo and behold, something falls out of one of the trees and strikes him on the head. The sound of falling through the trees and the, the uh, slight sound that he makes having been struck alert the brigands to his side of the clearing and they indicate that there's somebody there. He's probably after our stolen booty, which is kind of funny. And Usagi, of course, is like, well... Now they know that I'm here, daggone it, I have no other choice. He rushes out of the bushes, intercepting them as they approach him. Uh, looks like initially there's six uh, other uh, potentially samurai, potentially ronin, but brigands nonetheless that attack him. Uh, we have... Uh, he is quickly dispatching them one by one, and in, in kind of the background of the scenes as this is going on, we see... The Genesuke runs up and dispatches the one guard left at the shack to guard it, enters, steals, or not steals, but takes back the golden statuette of Quanin, exits and, and runs off in his direction, yelling back to Usagi that it, he has what they came for, that they'll meet back at the inn. Uh, Usagi does make it back to the inn, looking much, uh, might I say, the worse for wear, much the worse for wear. So he's quite angry, beat up, scuffed up, holding his sword. He, he nothing short of challenges Genosuke uh, as to what happened. Uh, Genosuke feigns ignorance, asks him, you know, what is going on? What are you upset about? Usagi tells him, well, you know, a, a green persimmon hit me on the head. And uh, Genosuke is like, well, that... You know, it must have fallen out of the tree you were under. How is that my fault? And Usagi tells him, well, on my side of the clearing, I was standing beneath a pine tree. But if I recall, you on the other side were standing beneath a persimmon tree. Did you throw a persimmon across to hit me? And, you know, of course, Jinosuke is, you know, me, would, would I ever do anything like that? And in, in a uh, comedic relief kind of situation in... Uh, Shadow, we see that uh, Usagi, sword drawn, chases after Genosuke, chases him away. Last page of panels indicates a week later the two have made up to some extent. Usagi is still showing a little bit by uh, bandages and whatnot the wear and tear that he took fighting all the brigands himself earlier. Uh, they are seeing each other on their way. Usagi leaves the inn. Uh, leaving Genosuke to finish his tea, finish his meal. And 
the, after he's gone, the innkeeper comes up and uh, uh, indicates to Jinosuke, you know, when you leave, let me know. I have your bill uh, ready and uh, that of the other samurai. He said that uh, you would take care of his bill. So as Usagi is walking down the road laughing, we see word balloons indicating that Jinosuke is quite displeased with having to pay almost 50 ryo for the uh, charges levied against Usagi while he was while he was there. Um, the two main characters in this story were Usagi, uh, Mayamoto Usagi, and Jinosuke. Uh, Mr. Sakai really didn't introduce us to any any terms, and there's nothing really in my mind that stands out that is anything or anyone that we haven't seen previously. A uh, couple things, though, that I, I do want to mention. In the scene where Usagi is fighting the brigands, we see yet another death's head. Uh, it still hasn't completely caught on, but it pops up here and there. This is our fifth one so far uh, out of 11 stories. Also, uh, there's a, um, not a trope, but a, a, there, there's another character that I think is going to make a start making a, a more common occurrence I don't know that this is particularly the type of character that Mr. Sakai will settle on, but we see in this last panel a woodcutter with a, a bundle of wood on his back. Uh, in, in my research, I have seen that this is going to become something that Mr. Sakai inserts into uh, the stories periodically, much like he does the Tokagi the little lizards which pop up and, and, and the Tokagi are, are throughout this story uh, appearing here and there. They're in, in many of the different stories as they wander through the woods they'll scare them or as they settle down to wait the Tokagi will come up and you know sniff around at them and, and stuff like that. In the last panel as a matter of fact we see a little boy that's got uh, leading a Tokagi around by a leash with a collar around his neck there so they, they continue to make their appearances uh, either in a generic or a comedic relief kind of thing. Um, I do know that a little bit later on uh, that Usagi takes on a Tokagi as a, a pet and uh, adventures occur because of that. So that's uh, ultimately that will be used uh, more frequently as well. Now the, uh, the next uh, story uh, that we'll talk about next episode is going to be the first installment of Samurai which is going to go on to be a nine part story uh, this is kind of significant in my mind for a variety of reasons it is the story that Mr. Sakai opens with once Usagi gets his own book because this first part of Samurai appears in Usagi Ojimbo volume one issue one from Fantagraphics, published July 1987. Uh, it will go on to be a nine-part story. And uh, briefly looking through things, I don't necessarily read a whole lot ahead because I like to you know, find these things as I'm going through it. It appears to be uh, a, a true origin story for Usagi concerning his early training, his upbringing, uh, his final battle as a vassal of his lord and everything like that leading up to basically right around the point that we first saw 
Usagi way back in the uh, first uh, issue of Albedo that we discussed, issue two of Albedo. So um, I think that's all the the pertinent things for this episode. Uh, if you do want to send me an email, you can do so at usagipodcast at gmail.com. The website for the show is thereaderfeed.com. That's where the episodes first go up. And I also post notice on the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo fan page on Facebook whenever a new show has been posted. So you can also find notice if you're perusing their fan page there. I do want to give Mr. Derek Coward a thank you for his uh, behind-the-scenes and his technical help. also want to uh, thank Mr. Steve Hubble for his continued support and uh, encouraging words and, and things like that. I, I kind of appreciate that there is, uh, you know, that that person or people that consistently, you know, listen that I know that, uh, you know, they're out there and, and if, if I make any mistakes or any slips, they uh, help me realize, you know, what I left out or what I could have included or, or things like that. I, I definitely appreciate that, that kind of assistance to keep the you know, keep the show going more along the lines of where I intended it to go, you know, kind of as a uh, an informational piece as well as, you know, just uh, uh, talking about this comic book. I, I think there's a lot to be learned about this uh, time in Japanese culture and just from Japanese culture in general. And, you know, but I don't, I, I hope not to turn it into a, like a, a history lesson podcast. There's plenty of those out there. So we kind of do it in the vein of talking about this cartoon, so to speak, character, and, and we can pick up some things here and there uh, on the way. Uh, that's all for me this week. Uh, thanks again, everybody, and hopefully you'll uh, stick around and tune in next time. We'll talk to you guys later. This is a Teal Production.